We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You know, he's just like the sheer amount of like cool, the cool factor that Booker has. I don't know if any other NBA player has it like Booker does. Miles Bridges is pretty cool. Miles Bridges isn't even the best Bridges. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Matthew Sponauer, as always, joined by Bladen Kirk and Theo Ash. Bladen Kirk and Theo Ash, how are you doing today? I am fantastic, Matt. I'm doing great. Me I know too. you're doing great, Theo. You got a haircut. I did get a haircut, but it's very, it's very uh, subtle. It's not like I shaved it all off. I'm not, you know, buzz cutting it. I just, it kind of looks like a helmet before. It was getting to look a little bit um, like a dead animal on my head. So I just kind of thinned it out a little bit. It's not much shorter than it was. It's just thinner. Reminder that we are on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. So whatever you're listening on, please make sure to subscribe, rate, follow, whatever you can do on that platform. And we're looking for would you rather questions. We're going to be doing those, I believe, next episode. So if you have a would you rather question, you can either email us at stayhotpodcast at gmail.com or call us and leave a voicemail at 614-349-8050. Let's jump right into the NBA because things are starting to get pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, the the Nets getting hurt like that really opens everything up. And I saw 538s. Uh, I saw their odds or their percentages. The Suns have the best odds in the league, according to them, As to they win should. the finals. As they should. I'm looking. I'm I'm looking forward to the Western Conference playoffs here because, or the the Western Conference finals because 
you know, I, for the first time I'm thinking like, whoa, we could actually do this. I've been thinking y'all could do it. I don't, I don't know why it's just now becoming, you know, because popular. the nets are hurt. They would have no chance against a fully healthy nets. Okay. Yeah. Not a fully healthy nets, but Harden was already beat up, but, but then the Suns wouldn't have seen them until the finals and Harden almost, you got to figure he'd be back. The only reason why it's open right now, in my opinion, is because there's an injured Nets team. If they're 100%, nobody has a chance against them. Not to be uh, dismissing other teams, but... No, I would agree. But, I mean, the Suns do not have, like, a bad player in their rotation right now. It's ridiculous how quick they can just open up leads. Like, it'll be close, it'll be close. Chris Paul was looking like New Orleans 2K8 Chris Paul. We were looking like he was just hitting, what did he hit? Like seven shots in a row or something like that, all from the elbow. Those those shots where I see him take it, I'm like, what is he doing? That's the degree of difficulty is just way too high for this to be worth it. And then they go in anyway. It's beautiful to watch. Can I be honest? Yeah. I think everybody's a little bit too high on the nets right now. And I like them. But it's real sweet when you're playing, not the Nets, the Suns. I think everybody's a little bit too high on the Suns because it's real sweet when you're playing a bunch of teams that are horribly injured and have no chance. They go, Chris Paul looks amazing against Compazzo and a guy who was on the street two months ago, even though Austin Rivers has been playing relatively, like he's been a good player. Uh, I don't know. They haven't played a team yet who has been healthy. And I guess you could say that Chris Paul was also hurt, but that's my big concern for them. We're seeing the Nets, who are a great team, get injured. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat the Bucks. Well, the most injury-prone player, or at least the most injury-prone star right now, is Chris Paul. Yeah, and I get it. Like, the last two games, the last two series have kind of been, as I've seen in, in Twitter comment sections, the Suns have been on a little bit of a fraudulent Mickey Mouse run here, playing a Lakers team without AD. And the Lakers were obviously up when AD was there. And then the Nuggets without Murray. But they've been obliterating those teams to the degree where I'm not too, too concerned about it. Like when you come out and stretch these leads to like 20 against like, like that's what you expect a team that is like finals worthy to do to these teams. It's not like they're barely beating these, these injury prone, you know, you know, decimated teams. They're destroying them. Which yeah. makes me feel like they when they do play like a Jazz or a Clippers, but they, they'll be they'll be prepared and it will translate into maybe smaller wins or definitely smaller wins. But one one, one interesting thing that happened in the last Suns game was the Booker versus Jokic little uh, spat, uh, the Jokic ejection in that whole scene. Which I mean, there's a lot of storylines there. Like, did did Jokic deserve to get ejected? Which we could touch on. But who would win in a fight? Do you think between Booker and Jokic? Jokic. Like like an organized fight, like a boxing match? No, like if if the refs didn't intervene in that uh if no teammates or refs intervened in that little that little scrum there, who'd get knocked out? Probably Jokic. Jokic would probably win. Yeah, Jokic would win. He's way bigger. He is way bigger. I was originally I was going Booker just because Jokic is just a little bit he doesn't really seem very athletic. You know, like he kind of seems a little bit slow. He kind of seems a little bit, you know, for an NBA player, a little bit out of shape compared to Booker. But then I read these stories of like Jokic's brothers, like throwing knives at his head and tying him to trees. And I guess he is like, 
huge. So it probably would be, he'd probably like wrestle him or something. Here's the thing, right? I think Matt and I have talked about this before. Being athletic and being good at a sport or being good at a specific event are two different things, right? You can be athletic and be bad at basketball. You can be athletic and be a bad boxer, a bad fighter, because those things don't necessarily correlate. There are athletic people who are, you know, good at boxing and good at basketball, but not every athlete is going to go out and be good at those things. A Jokic boxing or a Jokic would probably look a little bit like Tyson Fury out there. They're kind of built in a similar (laughs) way, the boxing guy. So, yeah. Originally, I said Booker, and that was probably a little bit of the the Suns fan in me talking when I said biased. Booker would not come out in ten biased. seconds. <laughs> Terribly biased. <laughs> maybe a little no, bit of dude. the Suns fan in me. I mean, Jokic, yeah, Jokic, kind of has maybe a little bit high of like a body fat percentage, I guess, for an NBA player, but he's still way bigger. And I don't think probably from like those stories too. about his brothers, dude. He's not. He's not just like some scared. No, he's I also don't think that Devin Booker is like the most athletic person ever. Not saying he's not, you know, a great athlete, but it's not like he it's Jokic or Zion or somebody. Is there a, like, is there oh a cooler God. person in the NBA than Devin Booker? Like I think about Devin Booker and I'm like, that dude is just like the coolest guy. Like he's dating the best Kardashian. Uh, he's <laughs> right. Am I wrong? Am I, no, Devin Booker's definitely up there. I, no, he, I, he drives like the sickest cars. He's the youngest guy to ever drop 70. You know, he's just like the sheer amount of like cool, the cool factor that Booker has. I don't know if any other NBA player has it like Booker does. Miles Bridges is pretty cool. Miles, Miles Bridges. Bridges. Miles <laughs> yeah. Bridges isn't even I'm the best Bridges. <laughs> All right. First off, man. <laughs> He's oh definitely the best God. dunker in the league. That's cool. He's, yeah. and he's just like a cool guy. You follow his Twitter. Um, he raps and that's pretty good too. And Dame, with like the, Le- doesn't Dame rap? Yeah. Dame is pretty cool. Dame has a case to be the coolest. Yeah. Dame, Dame Dame's is, also really Dame is cool. Up there. Yeah. Like <laughs> Booker is cooler than my, than, than the bridge, than your bridges. He just is, he's a superstar. The thing about Bridges is like, he's Devin not- Booker the, as a superstar. I think that's pretty bold. I think he's a, who doesn't know Devin Booker? Like, oh, are you talking about just Devin some Booker. like, like household name? Yeah, well, Bridges is like a role player on the Hornets. Like he's not the star Hornets player. He's give him just a couple like years. A guy. <laughs> give him a couple of years, sure. But like right now, it's different to be leading your team to the playoffs than being on just on the Clippers. Anyway, Booker is the coolest guy in the league. And it, it, Bridges is a cool dude. He seems like a fun guy, but he's not holding a candle to just the sheer amount of like lifestyle, like coolness that Devin Booker has. So I think based on the fact that Devin Booker is just the coolest guy alive and kind of the protagonist, um, he would probably win a fight uh, against Jokic, actually, just because he's the protagonist of the NBA right now, I think. I feel like he's kind of the uh, kind of like a Rocky young, story. Just, yeah, kind of. We're like uh, oh, so Chris Paul is the protagonist of the NBA right now. Chris Paul. Well, yeah. Well, the Suns are the protagonist. Yeah, everybody wants the Suns to win. I and I want them to win too. I'm just a little. I'm not quite as high on them as everybody else. I still feel like they're going to make it out of the West, though. Yeah, I hope so. Anyway, enough about the Suns. Enough about my Suns. Booker is the coolest man alive. One more thing. He reminds me a little bit of Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Like the rest of the Suns are kind of like this goofy. Like we got Chris Paul being like the old wise wizard Gandalf. And then we got Booker who's just like the badass who just like, you really want to, and then everyone else on the Suns is kind of like a goofy personality and like, just kind of like 
the ragtag team of, I don't know. I get Lord of the Rings vibes from the Suns. But that's my last thing I'll say about Devin Booker and how cool he is. Uh, we'll flip it to the 76ers versus Hawks series. And like, how are you guys feeling about 76ers making it out of the East with these Nets injuries? Very good. Yeah, I, I, I feel like they're poised to beat the Nets. The Nets, you know, can even get past the Bucks at this point, which I don't even know if they will. Um, the 76ers are probably the next best team. I think uh, a healthy Nets team beats the 76ers, but I also don't think, I mean, the Nets making out of the series, Kyrie sprained his ankle. I, right. Is he going to come back and just be fine next game? That's and it's, hard he's to not imagine. like a Clay Thompson type where you can just kind of like Kyrie needs his ankles. Like Kyrie yeah. needs, it does puts a lot of stress. <laughs> on I'd him. say that like most NBA well, players, well, they all do, but like Kyrie especially to, does some like high degree, yeah, the Clay highest could, degree in of theory, difficulty. Just sit things. corner and shoot. Yes. Anyway, yeah. I mean, with the 76ers, my big concern with them is that their best player is very injury prone. And he's already dealing with knee problems. Um, but they match up pretty well against a Bucks team. I don't trust Doc Rivers too, too much. But defensively, you got to figure nobody can throw a, a better game plan up against Giannis. And I don't trust Bud to really be ready to make the adjustments that they need to. Right. Uh, part of me worries that, you know, obviously I'm not, the biggest Ben Simmons guy ever, but I still think he'd fit really well in uh, that Bucks series. And I think Tobias throw Harris him, is doing enough him on, on Middleton, him on Middleton and then make Drew Holiday be the, like the second guy. Yeah. That's, that's shaping up well for 76ers. There. It, it is. Um, but I don't know. I kind of like the Bucks right now just because I think they will be the healthiest team. Yeah. I can see that for sure. It's it's I, I, it's just hard for me to bet. You see how this playoffs have, have turned out. You see how these playoffs have turned out with the Lakers didn't have a chance because Anthony Davis went out. And then you see the Nuggets don't have a chance because Murray's out. And then you see the Nets, they don't seem like they have a chance. I don't want to completely write them off because I don't know when guys are coming back. And who knows, Kevin Durant yeah. can be Kevin Durant. But now all of a sudden there, it's 2-2 because they can't stay healthy. So then I'm looking at the rest of the playoffs thinking who's going to stay healthy too. I think it's dumb not to look at it like that. No, yeah, I agree. Chris Paul too has dealt with his share of injuries, and yeah, I know the Bucks. Ideally, I could get a Suns versus Bucks finals, and either Wisconsin sports would win or the or Phoenix would win. That's what I'm. That's what I got to root for here. But <laughs> yeah, the 76ers, I mean, Embiid is like Embiid's probably better than Giannis is, right? That is that a is that a take that so. we could agree right with now for how they're sure. playing? Yeah, yeah, Embiid is just. He gets more double teams. You can run the offense through him a little bit easier. Not saying you can't do that with Giannis, obviously, yeah. but um, Embiid's just a little bit more versatile, and he's also a great defender. So, yeah, I, yeah. I like Embiid. So, yeah, 76ers have coaching. If it was against the Bucks, they'd have coaching. They'd have better best player, um, probably better second best player. Middleton versus Simmons is an interesting one, but I don't know. Better coaching, better best player is probably... It's just injuries, yeah. But yeah, Sixers looking super good, and just a weird playoffs. And this year, and it, I, I wonder the next time we'll see like what the next like kind of dynasty in basketball will be going forward after this. Like LeBron probably isn't good enough to lead bad teams to the finals anymore. We probably won't be seeing like LeBron making ten straight or whatever it was in a row anymore. Golden State is probably not going to be you know big like so. It could be a couple of years here unless something crazy happens this offseason where it is actually a question like who will win the finals in the NBA, right. which it really hasn't been. But 
anyway, on to Clippers Jazz, which was the other kind of that's an interesting series. Yeah, now I mean, then. do do we think Paul George is actually going to be competent for the for the uh, near future, or was this kind of just a one time stunt and we're never going to see this again? Because Paul George in the playoffs has not been very reliable. He's inconsistent, and Paul George can always be this good. Paul George right. has yeah. this skill Absolutely. set. Absolutely, like it's not. This isn't just oh, some random guy got hot. Like he's yeah, like that. No, it's Paul George. It's just right. that in the playoffs. He's inconsistent, and more often than not, he's good when he needs to be great. When he's great, the Clippers are a serious contender. I don't know if I trust him to be great. And I I, I don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, Paul George can't play in the playoffs. But uh, he needs to be like this for the rest of the series if they're going to beat the Jazz. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they won by, what, 20-something? Like, they crushed him. And yeah. that's not it's not going to be like And a crushing like that makes you think, like, oh, Clippers have a lot of momentum going forward. They've got all the momentum in this series. And then it, it, very easily, you know, the Jazz could come out and just, like, it happened versus the I mean, Mavericks, too, where we were, like... just, like, not have a good or a great game again. Yeah, I mean, and it happened that, versus that the Mavericks. Good. They won two in a row, and we were like, oh, well, here it comes. And then the Mavericks won their next game, although the Clippers did end up finishing out that series. I still got the Jazz in this one. I think it'll be Jazz Sun and Suns in the West. I do think that the Clippers did put it all together for, the, for their last game, and Paul George played fantastic. And he's capable of playing fantastic, obviously. But I don't know. I just, I just don't think, like, Paul George just does not seem like the type of, type of guy at this point who's really going to be stringing together great games in the playoffs. I mean... If the time has passed where where it has been like he, he I don't know I I I don't trust I still don't trust them. So so who would you if you as a Suns fan who would you rather play? Oh man, I think I would rather play the Clippers. I think I would rather play the Clippers, but I don't know. I I, I feel like I don't the care. Clippers I think might, they're I, I think they're very evenly matched. I feel like they're yeah. very evenly matched. I I bring bring either of them. I the Jazz are really deep. Actually, maybe I, the Jazz would be such a great series because they're kind of built in a similar way to the Suns. They're kind of built very depth centered. You know, Donovan Mitchell. Like uh, it's Booker comparisons are kind of a that's a good like who's better. It's it's Booker, but. Jazz fans might say otherwise. Anyway, I I would take either. I would say the Clippers are. I think the Jazz will win the series. So I guess I think the yeah. Clippers are worse. But if they win, then they're obviously better. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think the Suns make it out of the West right now. I do. Um, but the risk is just with Chris Paul staying healthy. I, I that's the only like big thing that I'm worried about for them. They should beat the Clippers or the Jazz. Absolutely agree. On to. Uh, Something else that's been happening recently. Le'Veon Bell oh came out God. and said that he was not a huge fan of playing for Andy Reid and that he would rather retire than play with Andy Reid again. I don't think that I'm making that big a deal out of this. I just don't think he got the ball enough. That was probably it, right? Like, am I? You, you would think so, but like, no, you don't say that. Regardless of how much you get the ball, you just, that's such a weird thing to say. Especially in an Instagram comment section. Like, that's just petty. I don't know. NFL athletes, especially the skill position players, are often very um, Vocal. outspoken and <laughs> yeah. say no, stuff I, like that. You don't but, hear that kind of stuff from, like, linemen or linebackers. The skill oh, okay, position players, and especially Le'Veon Bell. Who's yeah, kind no, of Le'Veon Bell of, I get. But, like, at yeah. some point, dude, how many bridges has he burned at this point? A lot, like, it seems. It, it, yeah, it's just, like, ridiculous. It's... 
does he just hate everyone? <laughs> like what I think it is is that NFL front offices more and more are just devaluing running backs. Um, so even though I don't know if he's a great player anymore, but at one time he was one of the better players in the league. If you're taking away positional value, uh, front offices weren't giving him that treatment, and that made him feel slighted. That would be my guess. And I don't feel like that's unreasonable to feel like. No, it's that. not because he was on top of the league, right? He was one of the better players in the league, the best running back in the league regarded right. as that for a little bit there. And then Pitts, he was, a, so he couldn't have done a better job. And then Pittsburgh wouldn't pay him what he wants. He goes to the jets with a terrible offensive line and can't go anywhere. And then he goes to the chiefs and, you know, he's not getting time over Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who was not very good at all. So I can see where he was, you know, where the frustration comes, where he was on the top of his game. And then every point past that just didn't go his way. They just would not give him the respect that he felt he deserved as the best running back in the league. And I think that's valid. And we don't know his, we don't know, we're not in the locker rooms. We don't know what, it's hard to speak on a professional relationship between like two men, like that we just don't know. Another thing that I feel like people might be overlooking is that so he signs with the chiefs who drafted a running back in the first round so obviously he did that to go win a championship and not only did he not win a championship but he watched the offense play terribly in that game and i'm not saying that Le'Veon bell would have solved this but he did not get a single touch he did not play a snap right as, that's so, also as someone who has been injured when their team was in the playoffs <laughs> trust me I, I know exactly how that feels. You feel like you can do something if you were if you were in there, and even though you probably wouldn't have changed that much, I, I definitely understand that feeling of like, wow, if I had played. Yeah, was he even hurt? Was he injured? No, I was hurt the game before. He says yeah. he says it's crazy that he didn't play. So I'm assuming he was active. Yeah. The game before yeah. he was inactive, but this one he was active. I don't know. I, I still think it's lame to call out Andy Reid like that, and it's probably just like not smart. Like if you're trying to get on another team, I don't know how much he really has left in the tank, but um, I at least understand a little bit where he's coming from. My, My only concern is that like we talk about, oh, everything just didn't go his way after his, you know, best performances in Pittsburgh, but he went to the Jets, dealt with Adam Gase, didn't didn't say anything negative about Adam Gase, but then says negative stuff about Andy Reid, that's what's confusing to me. Well, and that, we don't know. We do, yeah. we just don't know what what their relationship was because we're not in the building and it's to speculate on it. I don't know. I can see the I can see the frustration. So, that's yeah. my last thing on it. And I bet you this is a more common thing than we realize among NFL players because it's a common thing in every single job to complain about your bosses. It just happens yeah. everywhere. I bet you every single bench player in the league probably has a little bit of resentment that they're not starting. It probably yeah. but they don't go to social media and say it in an Instagram comment section. <laughs> and Le'Veon Bell does because he at He's one point was probably the best and ha- probably has a little bit more of a of a leg to stand on when he says, you know, I should have been treated better. So probably not smart, but it's, I think it is valid to be frustrated. I think I would yeah. be frustrated too if I was Le'Veon Bell. But he also gets a anyway. lot of hate just like from fans. Yeah, um, enough about Bell. Uh, yeah. We're going to go into a segment that we're going to call Don't Believe the Hype. Where there are, there's hype all the time on social media. People are people are hyped. That's what they tell me. Everyone is excited about the upcoming season. Every single fan base always thinks they're going to win it all every year. After the draft, there's rookie quarterbacks and guys everyone thinks is going to take the next step. But not everyone can do it. And 
I've got some guys where I'm like, everyone needs to probably take a step back a little bit. And I'm sure you guys do too. So this is a new segment that we're doing. We hope, hopefully it'll be recurring called Don't Believe the Hype. And uh, we'll start with NFL training camp getting started. Um, again, everyone's super excited around the league, but there's some teams where it's not warranted. And how about you, Blade? And I'll start, throw it to you. What are some teams where you don't believe the hype on them? Oh man, teams where I don't believe the hype? Kind of, I think a team where you do believe the hype, Denver. Um, <laughs> They're not getting any hype. It's just me giving Denver hype. <laughs> I, I, I know, but no, they, you don't think Denver fans are excited well, when obviously you know, they every have, fan base is you know, excited. So you don't believe maybe one of this the, is don't believe Theo is now what this segment is don't called. Don't believe, don't believe Theo. Theo. Don't believe Theo. All right, what's your I, problem I, I with love Denver? The, I, I love the receiving core. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys know me, you know I'm a big Jerry Judy fan. Cortland Sutton, you know, really good coming back. Tim Patrick is also like legitimately good. Tim Patrick is super underrated. Yeah, people people don't want him to be good for fantasy reasons, and they want everything to be nice and smooth and simple. For Cortland but Sutton, yeah, no, no that, I, yeah, <laughs> but that's not the way it is. He's legitimately yeah. really good. No, trust me, they have they have a lot of talent on that receiving core, and their defense is actually you know pretty solid as well. My my big concern is Drew Locke. I, I posted a video today, and I, I want to be optimistic that he has all the, the weapons and stuff to throw 25 touchdowns, maybe more, have less than 10 picks. But I don't know if he can actually do that. And and if he can't, if he can't go out there and be competent, they will not make the playoffs. They I don't even know if they'll be able to. But here's the thing. They have the quarterback behind him who is the definition of merely competent. So <laughs> if he sucks after week two, they can just throw in Bridgewater, and Bridgewater will give you baseline very like slightly below average but not a disaster quarterback play guaranteed like maybe yeah but so even if drew lock is awful they don't have to stick with drew lock for 17 games they can throw it to bridgewater who will game manage his way into like 20 points a game and their defense you said it's solid it's the best it's the best defense in the league on paper i don't i don't know if i'd say best in the league on paper um, it, it's de- it's definitely good. I would say it's probably going to be a top ten defense. My concern, I, get, I will be, I will bet money that they are te- <laughs> top ten. I will bet anyone so, in the so, world. So here here's the other side of things. If they have average quarterback play, do they still make the playoffs? The AFC West is already difficult. The Chiefs are going to. <laughs> the Chiefs Chargers win are not division. all that. The Don't Chargers are going to give the Chargers are going to make things hard for them. No, they're the not. Chargers the Chargers are, are so overrated. The Chargers are going to have a losing record. That's another thing. I will bet the I will bet the under on the Chargers and the over on the Broncos. Well, I think the Chargers give them a, li- a little bit of trouble. Maybe they're not better, but they give them trouble. And then the rest of the AFC is also difficult. There are a lot of good teams in the AFC that can make the playoffs. And even with seven spots, I wouldn't guarantee Denver a, a shot at it. The Broncos offense was not very good last year, even though they had all these weapons and adding Teddy Bridgewater is not turning it into an average offense. He is not an average quarterback. He just doesn't (laughs) throw interceptions, but there is no difference between throwing an interception on a 40 yard bomb and refusing to pass it farther than two yards in front of you three times in a row and punting it there. It is the same thing. I don't disagree that the Broncos are probably better off with Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not saying he's the worst quarterback. I'm not saying he's not a top 32 quarterback in the league because he is. But it's going to be very frustrating when a guy like Jerry Judy isn't going to be able to be used to the best of his ability because he has Teddy Bridgewater, who is just 
a limited guy who doesn't seem to take chances down the field. Because last year, Teddy Bridgewater had, you know, amazing uh, receivers too. And he didn't do a ton with it. I don't know. I feel like having a guy like Bridgewater loses you a lot of close games. When you need to go down and score, he just can't it's go and It's kind of like Tyrod Taylor from a few years ago. Now, I could see the Broncos being like a 9-10 win team. I think that's a pretty fair projection for him because the Panthers last year did not have the defense that the Broncos have this year, right. obviously. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not super, super high on their offense, even though they have a bunch of talent outside of quarterback. Yeah, but the way that you describe Bridgewater applies to a lot of the pl- quarterbacks that were in the playoffs last year. I think it applies to Drew Brees. I think it applies to Ben Roethlisberger. I think it applied to Mitch Trubisky. Well, Mitch Trubisky didn't. He took some. He was just bad. But anyway, but like Mitch Trubisky wasn't great. And like. Philip Rivers, like I think what you just said about Bridgewater applies to all those guys and they were all in the playoffs because the defense was really good. And I mean, the secondary is stacked and last year their corners were really bad and now they're really good. And Vaughn's coming back and Shelby Harris is really underrated. I don't know. I think that they're going to have a top three defense in the league. I really do. And I think if you have a top three defense, you're going to be in the top seven in, in the AFC and that's what you need to be. But my team is I've, I've already talked about the Chargers, so I'm going to I'm not going to say that I'm going to go with the 49ers. I'm going to say the 49ers because everyone expects them to be back as a Super Bowl team like they were before now that they're healthy. And I look at their roster compared to everyone else in that division. And I think it's the worst one. I think they have the worst quarterback. I think they might have the worst receiving core. I think they might have the worst secondary in that division. I think that they have a lot of star power in Warner and Bosa who are amazing. But outside of that, I'm not totally sold on anyone else on the defense. I don't know. I I feel like I like Shanahan. I think that Shanahan's a very good coach. I like Trey Lance. um, So if they do like give Lance the nod, I could see him being a very good player for them. But maybe not right away. And he's kind of a project guy. And I don't know. I just feel like Seattle is still a little bit better. And I still feel like the Rams are a little bit better. At least I'm, I'm kind of a Cardinals guy too. So I don't know. I don't think it's any kind of guarantee that they get back to where they were two years ago before this injury riddled season. I have to completely agree with you. You named the three positions that I consider the most valuable positions in football, quarterback, receiver, and secondary. And they're the worst in their division at it. Like and I, I don't. You said they might be the worst. I think it's like they're easily the worst in their division. Yeah. Um. I. I, I would. I would take them to lose. Yeah. That Seattle division. has some pretty bad. Is it kind of a questionable secondary too? Quite, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll 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 give it a toss up for Seattle in the secondary. Yeah. But everything else, it's like, it's not even close. I don't know. Um, Forty Nineers offense wasn't that bad last year. Right. I don't know if I'm sitting here saying that the Forty ers are going to be awesome, but nine ten win team I think is pretty reasonable. Uh, their defense nine, is still team to you, Matt. Uh, we've talked about two teams. <laughs> yeah, Broncos and 49ers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, and I think those I think that's pretty reasonable. I don't know. I the 49ers are a well coached team. I don't know. Their secondary is definitely the big question for them. So we'll see. Uh, and and I think I think their I think their division might be what ends up getting them. But I don't think their offense is going to be as bad as it looks on paper. That was it's not the that, that I offense. With. It's just no, that the I rest agree. of the offenses in that division are really, really good. 
I, I agree that their offense will be pretty good. I'm a, it's, it's, it is kind of their defense that I'm worried about because Sala did leave. You know, Sherman was playing really, really good football in 2019. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think they'll be kind of average on both sides and that I just don't think in that division, especially is going to win them a whole lot of games. So I, I, when I look at all the teams in that division, if they were in the AFC South with the Titans and Colts and Jaguars and Texans, I might say they win that division, but just in this division, I just think that they're going to lose some divisional games and it's just going to, it's just going to end as a kind of a underwhelming season for the 49ers. So Matt, who you got as uh, as the overhyped team right now? As an overhyped team right now, I don't know how much I love Miami. Good, mm-hmm. good call. I'm a, yeah. I'm with you there. I've yeah. been pro Miami for a long time, but it's going to be hard for them to take that next step without either a ridiculously good defense or a quarterback who can play at a high level. Uh, I don't know if they really have a ton of elite players on defense. And I don't know, like they have a ridiculous set of weapons on offense, but it doesn't matter if they have a quarterback who can't get them the ball downfield. And Tua just has not shown that he can do that yet. Mm -hmm. Tua was supposed to be the pro ready quarterback. He was supposed to be the, the smartest, the most accurate the guy who you could step in, who could step in in day one and be that guy. That was what Tua was hyped out, hyped as being coming out of Alabama. And he came in and he was not that. He was probably the least pro ready. He said this offseason that he didn't really know the playbook. So that's my thing with Tua, where I don't think he's destined to be horrible, but I do think that he could kind of be destined to have like a Jimmy Garoppolo type of ceiling. And I just don't see him taking another step into being an MVP caliber player. That's my whole thing with Tua more than he just is garbage. It's more like he just doesn't have a super high ceiling. And yeah, the Dolphins front seven, like their secondary is good. um, And I loved their draft, but like the front seven, the offensive line just has a, has a noticeable lack of like difference makers. And and, and I'll say that they're kind of following the Patriots build maybe a little bit there Mm -hmm. where they've invested a lot in the secondary and it's worked. It's a good secondary. And the front seven is maybe more of guys who are good at particular things. And then they kind of sub them in and out and blitzing and like amoeba fronts and all the creative things Flores does. Yeah. So I mean, Flores is from the Belichick tree, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's been there. He was there a long time, but I don't know if you see Tua not take that next step, which it's possible he does. And I, again, I don't think he needs to be amazing. And I think that everything does kind of make it seem like he might get better. Uh, but if Tua doesn't take that next step, there's going to be, it's going to be, he's having a bad game and we don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick to put in. Like right. he yeah. can't have that happen. So exactly. a lot of that depends on Tua just being better next season. And that defense was a little bit overrated last year, in my opinion. Like I, everyone I thought they were so great. They were kind of like more of a borderline top 10 defense in a lot of metrics than they were like top two or three. So like, I, 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 don't I, I agree the talents with- there defensively to be consistently good again next year. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I think it'll be a fine defense and maybe a below average offense. That's kind of like a good defense, yeah. below average offense, you know. I don't know. Seven, I just feel like they seven, need eight, more to wins. break their way to take that next step as a team than some people are taking into account. They're not bad though. They're well coached. They do have talent. They do have weapons. They do have a good secondary. 
Um, but maybe they're just a little overhyped. Yeah, I, would I have one more thing I want to say about Tua before we move on. The only th- I always remember this about Tua with his pro day, where he just shows up in this like super short field and throws like five yard passes for the entire like segment of his pro day. And I always like I think about the pro day as an opportunity to show the very best you can do, and he just like didn't do anything. I don't know. I always thought that was weird. It, it, it's hard to know with his hip. How yeah, much is that? The like thing nobody is knows. How much, yeah. How yeah, much was it so I'm sitting here projecting one thing or another. I don't really know how much to it. Yeah, he could come out throwing him. 70 yards next year for all we know. But there's one sport we haven't touched on yet, and they're in the thick of the playoffs. We're going to turn to our NHL correspondent, Theo Ash NHL. You get only two minutes. All right? You get two minutes starting now. All right, so I'll, I'll admit Theo Ash NFL doesn't know much about the, the NHL, doesn't know much about hockey, but Theo Ash NHL is kind of, an, kind of an expert. So I got to put on the accent, though. So let's see. I got the... All right, here we go. We got the... So we're going to be talking a little bit of hockey here. Uh, you know, there's, they're in their conference finals right now, and I think that the Golden Knights, they're really going to cruise to the Stanley Cup here. I don't see much competition for them. They beat the Wild. They beat the Avs. That's 157 points between the two teams they beat in the playoffs so far. They've cut their teeth on the most difficult division in hockey in the West. And they've got guys with plenty of big game experience. And I I just don't see them losing to Montreal, who's kind of on a Cinderella story run right here. You know, Montreal in the regular season got outscored by nine goals in the regular season. And, you know, they were on the ropes against Toronto, but I guess Toronto just kind of forgets how to be a functioning team, you know, once you get into the postseason. And then they got to play Winnipeg, which is also one of the weaker teams in the bracket, you know, left. So they're, they're kind of punching above their weight right now. And I think that, um, you know, Vegas, one of the most ex- playoff experienced teams left and probably the best team left is going to kind of, I think they'll make sweep Montreal. Carey uh, Price is playing excellent, excellently, but I do think they've kind of overperformed and this is the end of their road. And then on the other side of the bracket, we got uh, a rematch of last year's playoffs. We got the Islanders versus the Lightning. And this one, I think, is kind of the opposite, and it's going to go the distance. I think this one goes seven. These are both very deep offensive units. You know, the Islanders are one of the best defensive teams in the league, and uh, they took game one already, so they're up uh, 1-0. But, you know, I do got the Lightning in seven here. They've got the goalie that I trust, and they've got one of the better power plays in the league, and compared to the Islanders, who've got kind of a weak penalty kill. So I think, like, the Lightning are the defending champs. You know, they've been in this spot before, and... In game one, the Islanders took the puck away like about seven times and only gave it away one. They scored on one of those opportunities. The Lightning were coming out playing really sloppy, sloppy hockey. They were not playing good, good hockey. And I, I think that they'll kind of pull themselves together in game two. I think they'll take game two. And I, I think once the series is 1-1, I think it'll go the distance. I think it'll go seven. But, you know, I, I, I think that the Lightning will pull this one off, which gives us the Lightning versus Golden Knights final, which will be a great series. Two really good, you know, teams at the top of their at the top of their game and uh i, and I think vegas takes time vegas is winning the cup how'd right. i do <laughs> i'm Can i make it sound like i know I, what i'm I, talking about i'm impressed i don't know what you were talking about but That's i'll, I'll take thinking. your word for it yeah i i like hockey i like i like playoff hockey i have a, i like the wild when they were playing the golden knights i was i was paying pretty close attention to the wild but uh you know, I, I don't that don't let that little spiel pretend you into thinking I'm some hockey expert because I'm not. You heard it here first, folks. He's a hockey expert. I'm yes. Theo Ash NHL <laughs> is a hockey expert. Theo Ash NFL is not. Well, I think that about does it here for this episode. I appreciate y'all tuning in all the way. Remember, 
subscribe, follow, do whatever you can do on uh, the platform that you're listening on. I hope you all have a good week. Catch you on the flippity flop. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com